Welcome everybody to another episode of the Nerd Continuity where we talk about design, development and all the other crazy sort of stuff that we find online. My name is Alex, I'm your host and with me as usual my co-host Chris Perko. Hello Chris. Hello. How are you doing today? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. As I was telling you before, probably getting sick. You're almost healed, probably out of sickness, but we yes. are on the weird moment where our body doesn't know what to do am i sick am i not sick am i gonna collapse uh, i don't know Just, uh, we'll right see. yeah no I'm, I'm definitely blaming somebody at laricon um you know people came from all over all over the world really we had somebody from there from uh, japan so uh yes. somebody somebody brought some crud and gave it to me yeah so probably you got some exotic sickness and yes <laughs> Your body doesn't understand what's going on there. How do I fight this? I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we haven't talked in, in weeks, like three weeks mm -hmm. almost. What, what have you been up to other than attending that amazing conference? Uh, a lot of traveling. I uh, About a week and a half before Laracon, I was in San Diego for uh, an Esri user conference out there. Um, so I spent half of July away from home out flying around and catching sicknesses and um so yeah I, I haven't had a whole lot of time to mess around with any of my side projects or anything mm -hmm. um just been learning a ton of stuff and, and traveling what is the ezra conference like what does it mean what's the main topic Esri, uh yes Esri? stands for like environmental science uh something rather i forget <laughs> uh they are like the largest company you've never heard of um they, <laughs> that's a good is their yeah. own official tagline <laughs> that, that's what uh one of the employees actually told me um <laughs> because they're they're a massive company the conference was seventeen thousand people attending um they do a lot of geospatial analytics software so you can kind of think of it like google maps on crack like it's Whoa. uh very powerful um they've got a ton of resources out there for like pulling up um you know, information on, on neighborhoods, like, oh, this neighborhood is a, is, you know, a middle-class neighborhood, majority of people have kids that go to public schools. Mm -hmm. um, and you can use that analytics to create your own maps. Um, you can use it for business reasons. We're, we're definitely looking at it for, for that because we're wanting to make a tool for salespeople to go out door to door and try to sell telecom to these people. Oh, yeah. So, uh, knowing what neighborhoods have, um, you know, from our information, knowing, okay, this neighborhood has good speed that we can give these people and they have a pretty good income so we can, you know, market to them. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so it's a, it's a lot of stuff like that. It's um, they, they have so much stuff. They've got APIs for JavaScript, for C Sharp, for pretty much like any language out there. Yeah, I guess it does. it's that type of company that if you don't have a specific, I wouldn't say issue, but if you don't have a specific goal to achieve, you will never use their service because they're such like so specific and so targeted. That's why probably it's not like worldwide famous because yes, it's used, largely used, but not as a, like a day-to-day -day thing. Like, I don't know, the Twitter API is stupid things like right. that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's used by a lot of government entities. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of people there from different uh, governments, uh, met people from police departments that were using it for mm -hmm. you know modeling traffic flows in areas yeah. and, and figuring out how to better route people around like a, a football game or something so yeah um, interesting yeah so it's a very uh a niche mm -hmm. idea but i mean they're they're huge yeah it's actually held where the uh, san diego comic-con is at and uh it's a massive place and when we were there it was one week before comic-con so they were already getting the big posters up and and everything for the comic-con <laughs> it was a fake comic-con <laughs> yeah a bunch of nerds there uh, it was like the same people like people that attended a conference probably stayed a week longer oh yeah <laughs> i would i would have loved to stay but... oh yeah me too man <laughs> san diego is expensive <laughs> really i've never yeah. been there it's because of comic-con or because of the um, esri conference i don't know i mean i think california in general is pretty expensive yes um, it is my yeah. hotel room you know it was nothing fancy but for the five nights i think i was there i ran 1500 bucks holy shit. yeah <laughs> what 
And I wasn't even at the conference. We were a good mile walk away from the convention center. Oh, so. yeah. It was like the middle class <laughs> hotel yeah. with no room service and kind of like slightly smelly carpet and stuff like that. Right? <laughs> that type of comfort no uh well <laughs> yeah well you did a lot of things you were traveling so it's kind of normal that you feel sick especially when you, mm. you you don't stay at home and you you don't let your body rest you keep traveling right. keep attending conference you have to keep your attention span always at 100 you cannot you can never relax it's normal that you 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 fight a cold longer than usual Oh, yeah. And then jumping between time zones every week was oh, uh, not a lot of fun. <laughs> daunting. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I've been doing boring things mostly. It's just like coding a lot, <laughs> recording tutorials and trying to organize things. Like my System76 laptop broke. Like the, end, the, the hinge of the monitor, the top left hinge of the monitor just mm -hmm. like snapped. And the, the entire chassis of the laptop opened in the half, and I was so, oh, so scared. Uh, so I sent him in, uh, I shipped it to Denver for, uh, for repair. And uh, because I didn't have a single, uh, I didn't have a, like a Linux computer, like a Linux laptop to run elementary OS, I decided to buy um, SSD drive and put it on my mm -hmm. HTPC to dual boot with Pop! OS. And uh, I've been, yeah, coding, slightly coding elementary OS apps on the HTPC, which coding in front of a television, it's <laughs> really, really weird. You get like yeah. your eyes get tired super quickly. <laughs> well, I'm sure, yeah. It's not recommended, not at all. But yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully I'm going to get my laptop back soon because I miss it a lot. And yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and that's it, like pretty, pretty standard three weeks of work nothing nothing major so we can jump right into the news of this week so the All main right. topic of this episode basically you're gonna give us sort of like a full in-depth report of the laracon uh, the conference about laravel mm -hmm. that you attended almost three weeks ago now two weeks ago when was that yeah yeah it was uh the second to last week in july i think yeah so and a little bit of time passed probably the hype past but there are a bunch of insights that you gain from the conference we're going to talk about it and it's going to be pretty interesting uh, but we start with the usual weekly news and there are a bunch of funny things and a bunch of more serious things uh, let's start with like a sort of like a silly stuff <laughs> um, so the snapchat source code i don't know if you were aware of this if you read it but not, it was no. was leaked on uh, github and these happened in may and the developers of snapchat were super quick to just like uh, file a copyright strike against that source code and was taken down pretty immediately but of course as you know the internet is a dumpster <laughs> as like so the code was like copied multiple times and now it's like floating around you can you can tap it you can check it and some developers analyze this code and there's a, de a developer from the next web that created an article about how the snapshot source code or the specific portion that was leaked, it's actually clean in terms of not having any bad words, swear words <laughs> or insults or aggressions or like comments, like super aggressive comments that if you delete this line, I'm going to kill you in your sleep or stuff like that. <laughs> which is kind of unusual for a big company. <laughs> yes, I know I've left some pretty oh, mean yes. comments in code. I, I, I had one project where there was, there was a comment in the code that just said something like, wait for the yellow card. Mm -hmm. And the code had nothing to do with yellow cards or there was nothing called a card. Um, and so I just left a comment underneath it and I was like, WTF is this? Like. I don't know. What are we, what are we talking about? Yellow it's cards? Like, like... It's like <laughs> the Matrix, the first Matrix, like follow the white rabbit. Like, yes. The yeah, same exactly. cryptic message. What the or, fuck? You know, I've just left things like, we're doing this because the data team told me to, and I have to do it. Like, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's not my fault this code sucks, but this is why we're doing it. Yeah, and it usually happens always, all the time, with like big... Uh, 
big code base that are mostly internal that are they don't they're not like publicly accessible by the users or the community and mm -hmm. just you and another developer always work on this code not even your boss looks at the code because it yeah, doesn't exactly. know anything about coding so sometimes happens that you write the 20th variable to double check why a php unit keeps failing and you write this like this fuck f bomb variable like yeah. <laughs> stupid damn ass loop or stuff like that and this guy at the next web wrote this article by comparing the source code from um ms dos portion of the code mm -hmm. that microsoft released of microsoft word and there are some hilarious things like there's a function literally read like another fucking outer range jump. <laughs> yes. Like how like how <laughs> what's your story behind this? Like how can you reach that point where you actually but it's it's properly written, like it respects the like lowercase and underscores like that the syntax it's it's properly written. Uh, all all these super aggressive comments. If you change tabs to space, you will be killed. Yeah, <laughs> Just, it, oh it fucks God. up the whole process. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. great. Have you ever like other than those couple of things that you uh, that you told us? Have you ever actually wrote something really aggressive, or like you wrote some code that you don't want anyone to touch it, and you wrote something like I don't know, some <laughs> stupid variables or some aggressive comments? I don't think I've ever written anything that aggressive. I usually <laughs> take out my. Uh, my feelings verbally, uh -huh. um, especially, you know, I work from home so I can just yell at the wall if I want to. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, with coding, you got to vent, you got to get it out of your system because, you know, coding is frustrating. You, oh you, know, you God, run into yes. things, um, especially dealing with management wanting things a certain way and mm -hmm. you're like, oh, this is stupid, why, why are we doing this? We're wasting yes. our time, you know, <laughs> you know. It, it happens. <laughs> it happens a lot. And I don't remember now the name, but I remember there was a developer that wrote a small Node.js app that was sending a notification every time. I think it's a Twitter account now, but it was sending a notification every time someone was uh, pushing to Git with a, com mm -hmm. a commit with a word like fucking or shit <laughs> inside yes. the commit. The Git yeah, commit. it's still active. I think it's called developer swearing. <laughs> it's um, amazing. Yeah, I, I think it's gotten better because when it first came out, it was picking up on some things that were not curse words or they were like typos. And there was uh -huh. like, well, this doesn't make sense. But yeah, a lot of them are, you know, like, I, I just fucking suck at coding. Get pushed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't know why this fucking thing doesn't work. Push. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know. Well, it's frustrating, as you said. It's like it's a lonely word, and sometimes you don't know why things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next news is about the Dev dot two, or how do you call it? Do you call it like Dev two? Um, I've said Dev two, but yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's um, the intended way of saying it because it's like it's a pun on like a function, right? I guess. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. Dev2. No, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so the the, the Dev.2 or Dev2 uh, forum, community, platform, whatever you want to call it, they released their source code on GitHub publicly, completely open source. Mm -hmm. And uh, they became pretty famous. They became like trendy open. One of the first trendy open source project in the GitHub list of trendy open source projects. And they wrote an article about uh, how it is to be the Justin Bieber of open source, <laughs> which is which is pretty funny. Uh, have you had the chance to take a look at their source code? I have not, and, and I'm not a Rails developer, but um, it seems like people are saying that. The code is just a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I read that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's kind of nice to hear though, because um, you know, like we we talk a lot about like clean coding and and you know we're always trying to write the best code so it's reusable and easy mm -hmm. to maintain. So it was kind of interesting to see a product that has become so successful and is still completely crappy code <laughs> it is indeed yes um i was surprised that there's uh, their code base was basically all in ruby on rails mm -hmm. uh, i like personally wouldn't be my first choice 
as a code base for a community, especially they started this project to create a sort of like this large developers community. Mm -hmm. I would have picked something more sort of like modern, more stable. Uh, but I guess like, yeah, whatever. They, they like Ruby on Rails, so they started with Ruby on Rails. But yeah, they admit it, like we're a pretty standard Rails mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get here because we write perfect code. <laughs> like, right, it's yeah. Funny. Um, yeah, and it's, you know, it's, it's surprising to see that Rails is still um, pretty popular. Um, mm -hmm. When I used to go to meetups in San Antonio a few years back, uh, there, there were a lot of the people there were Rails developers, and that's mm. what they did for a living. And I was always surprised. I was like, man, that thing is, is still around and like people are actually working professionally in it. It's, you know, I, I think that something like Laravel is, is a lot more modern and, mm -hmm. and yeah. easier to use, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's, it still has its, its place. Oh yeah, definitely. It still has a strong community. like, there are some developers that are strongly committed to using Rails. And I guess mm -hmm. this is an example of, I don't know if you extensively use the dev.2 website, but I like I remember a couple of months ago I was really into it, like accessing every time I was accessing this more than Reddit to mm -hmm. like to get my news and watch my things. I love their series of explain things like I was five. That's really handy for me. <laughs> yeah. And um, the front end of this thing is snappy. Like it never glitched one single thing. It's so fast and never had a problem. And um, the front end is fully built in Preact, which is... Um, oh, interesting. I guess it's a, it's a sort of like a confirmation that something that we all know as like senior developers, but we don't know it as a junior developer. It doesn't really matter which code you pick or like which framework you use. If you write decent code, uh, that works even if it's written like shit and it's all messy if you write it properly and you do all the right things your software will work it's it's web technology is like sure. it's not that hard actually um i don't know if you've given the uh the progressive web app a chance on your like a mobile device no i didn't yeah so if you visit dev2 or dev.2 whatever yeah um on your phone um and i, I don't know i think you have an iphone right uh no i have a one plus three Oh, we have one plus three. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it should uh, it should pop up and say like if you add this to your home screen, you'll get a better experience. And basically, what a progressive web app does is it uh, wraps up the application in, in like its own little application shell. Mm -hmm. uh, so you add a link to your your home page or your home screen on on Android or uh, iOS. It's it's recently come to the platform, I believe. Um, and then you basically it's not just a link to the website. It actually opens up in its own application, and it it's really fast and everything. Um, and then it's, but it's not really like installed to your device. It's because you can just drag it up and delete it. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. And to do that, all you really need to do is set up a, a manifest on your website and, um, and anybody can add it to their home screen and run it in its own little shell. Um, there's a little bit more to it if you want to do like service workers and things, but, uh, the basics of it's, it's pretty simple. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I remember like I did it in WordPress uh, for a client because Jetpack has this option. Automatically, you can just check a checkbox and it creates all the little things for you to generate this web app. But yeah, I just did it while you were talking. I installed it. <laughs> I just added <laughs> to my home screen. Uh, yeah, it's cool. It opens. It doesn't open in Chrome. It opens in its own little uh, sort of like native wrapper. Yeah. And yeah. so I guess it respects all the things that are necessary in order to be listed as a PWA, right? Like uh, offline loading and progressive loading of all the content and all this kind right. of shenanigans. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's cool indeed. Yeah, that's these... Um, I know I have a couple of developers friends that they hate these sort of like blending between native and... <laughs> non-native like in yeah. progressive and they 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 before it was like up until a couple of years ago it was called like a hybrid right hybrid yeah. apps that you were able to run uh, uh web apps in a wrapper container with like sort of like cordova or PhoneGap. those were the framework they're still yeah. on and they're still used but i don't know if they're used as much because now we yeah I did an app with Ionic, and I thought it was okay, but 
Um, you know, building the app was was pretty easy because you know, oh, it's just JavaScript or Angular or whatever. Yeah. Um, but when it gets down to like dealing with device stuff with Cordova, oh, it was always just a pain. Like, okay, I need to integrate with Google Play services. All right, yeah. how do I even do that? And um, so I don't know. I think it just comes down to time. If you have the time to build a native iOS and a native Android and a web app and a desktop app, like, go for it. But a lot of times you don't have the time to write four or five apps to <laughs> yeah for one, exactly for one thing uh it's daunting especially to maintain those actually yeah. the dev.2 developers are currently building native apps for apple and android oh, nice. which i'm surprised okay next bit of news it's about uh the sponsor of this uh, fantastic podcast it's um skysilk.com the vps cloud maintainer they're releasing new premium vps services actually if you're a beta tester right now the premium service is available for you to test it for free and they told me that they're actually going live soon, probably at the end of this week or early next week. And they kind of set the prices for where they're going to go live. And the price, I'm so impressed. I'm so stoked <laughs> because the, the basic tier that you can get is for $1 a month, just one buck a month yeah that's that's incredible that's so cheap and you get like you don't get a sort of like a, a piss bucket of a B vps <laughs> it's like really good you get like uh 500 gigabytes of transfer you get a, a core of machine and uh, like one gigabyte of ram for four five hundred twelve megabyte i don't uh it's funny enough right now their website is down i was trying to access <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> but they 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 sent a communication to everyone like they're having issues with their dns and mm -hmm. they're gonna be back soon but it's th their price point is impressive and to get the same stats or the same specs of um digital ocean droplet it, their price is actually two dollars per month so if you want the same specs that you pay five bucks a month for digital ocean it's actually two dollars per month and it's, I'm amazed. I have no idea. I'm trying to set up an interview with mm -hmm. one of the spokesperson because I don't know if it's a sustainable business model. Like, <laughs> is it too cheap? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things that it could turn you off because you're like, oh, maybe it's too cheap. You know, maybe it's going to crash all the time or something. So, yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how they do once they, they fully launch. and. Mm -hmm. Um, hopefully it's, you know, super stable and everything. Um, I'm definitely going to be looking at at least using it for like test environments. Oh, yeah. um, I, I use DigitalOcean. I've been with them for years, but if this is just as stable and cheaper, mm -hmm. I mean, I'd, I would switch. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I, for the, I, I've been using it for the past five months now and today is the only day where it's down like it has yeah. never been down so probably they have like some random issues but they they kept adding stuff now they have like a uh another uh server farm in uh on the east coast before it was mm -hmm. just on the west coast like california now they have it on the east coast they're planning to open other in the future they're planning to open one in europe so it's just like they're, they're expanding pretty pretty quickly and nice. yeah i love it it's pretty it's pretty great <laughs> so definitely check skysilk.com if you want to for now still in beta you can grab a free vps to use it and when they get out of beta you get 25 percent off forever for life even from that one dollar a month which is nothing so <laughs> you can pay 75 cents per month for a <laughs> vps which it's insane <laughs> Okay, the last bit of news before passing on the main topic is uh, Google and Microsoft, they just discovered another vulnerability in the CPUs, in all the CPUs of the world, another uh, variation of the Meltdown and Spectre vulnerabilities, mm -hmm. which now it's getting sort of like a repetitive stories. Now it's not news anymore. It's just, okay, CPUs are terrible again. Yeah. Nothing has been fixed. Right. And I don't know if you noticed, but every time they find a vulnerability like this, which is terrible, like it's not, oh, there's a small leak or there's a small bug that is not really a big deal. If you do something really complicated, probably you can exploit it, but not that much. 
when they find these things are like massive holes that you just need a web browser and a JavaScript script running on a web page in order to exploit these vulnerabilities. They're just so terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. and uh, with the last one, I remember DigitalOcean had to like take down all the servers one yeah. day and, and patch them, and then they even sent out emails and they were like, log into your VPS and, and run these commands to to help protect against Spectre and um yeah and it's it's a it's a big issue <laughs> yeah i think it's like well i don't i don't know anything about architecture like cpu architecture like literally mm -hmm. no knowledge at all but is it's written everywhere that it's a a, a, a design architecture fault like they mm -hmm. when they were designing the cpu and the architecture of the the cpu they created these these whole these massive bugs that they didn't find out and they didn't think about it so mm -hmm. just like stop it just don't keep producing <laughs> cpus with the same design process i don't know probably it's a stupid it's those stupid things to do because i don't know how the process works and like what's involved behind that uh but they've been patched like for the past year pretty much all the uh the major uh server providers and also Intel and AMD, they've been releasing patches to fix this thing. But every time the spikes in CPUs or memory usage were drastically increasing every time a new patch was installed. And now mm -hmm. also Google Chrome, that the new version is gonna fix these new Spectre and uh, meltdown issues, uh, is expecting to spike the consumption of CPU up to 35%. Wow. Which is brutal. Yeah. Why? Why? Like your browser is going to consume like three quarter of your CPU and three quarter of your RAM, basically. Oh, yeah. I mean, you already need 32 gigs of RAM to run Chrome. So <laughs> just to uh, run. <laughs> why not just take up your whole CPU? Just to watch our YouTube videos? Yeah. <laughs> fucking terrible like i don't uh it's it's i don't know i've i don't know anything about this thing but it's it it like it feels super weird that mm -hmm. once after one month like a new issue is found and it doesn't matter intel keeps releasing new chipsets hey there's a new version i9 with hyper threading mm -hmm. and 28 cores but yeah anyway same fall <laughs> same yeah. vulnerability issue that you can just uh a user can access your password clear uh, while you're typing in the browser. Just so good, whatever. <laughs> so disappointed. Uh, I like. I've been trying to be more positive. Like it was like sort of mm -hmm. like uh, one of my many goals. Like for the next episodes of the the podcast, I want to be more positive and I just want to <laughs> just talk about positive things and not just ranting all the time about everything but it's it's really hard <laughs> yeah yeah I and mean, there's uh, a lot of bad news <laughs> yes exactly. okay let's let's switch to something more positive more fun right. and i'm gonna give you the floor because you attended laracon so mm -hmm. first tell us about like what happened like when you arrived the first time this was your first laracon right yes this was my first one um i was supposed to go last year but we ended up canceling the trip because of uh, some deadlines that we had to hit sadly mm -hmm. um so this one the first one is up in chicago i've never been to chicago before it's an awesome city they have some amazing pizza oh yes um uh so it was really cool i mean it i mean it was a good time to go end of july so it wasn't too hot um we were there right before Lollapalooza, so they were getting mm -hmm. ready for that big festival and um and yeah so chicago was a lot of fun uh laracon itself was two full days um i i kind of wish it was split over three days because the days were very long um you know you have to get there early get registered and everything and then uh the conference would go from like 9 30 a.m till i think 5 30 oh wow um, or no i'm sorry later than that the last talk started at 5 30 and then at 6 30 was the after party so <laughs> Um, so it was, you know, a full day of, of being at the event and, and seeing talks and everything. So, um, it was a lot of fun though. Mm -hmm. I met a lot of really good developers. Um, I, I met one guy who was actually interviewing this week for the position at our job that we have open. Oh, nice. Um, so, uh, yeah, I got to meet a lot of people. I got to meet people that I've talked to on Twitter before and, mm -hmm. um, 
it's like i don't know seeing people in person when you've only seen this little tiny circle is yeah. you know interesting <laughs> yeah it's fun but uh yeah i mean overall all the talks were fantastic um mm -hmm. there was a code competition um where they gave out puzzles like three times a day and you had to use code to solve them and i actually got like best overall on day one um boom <laughs> look yeah. at that <laughs> Look at you. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so the second day, though, uh, the last puzzle, I was I was really struggling with the last one, and I was like, you know what? I just want to go drink some beer and, and hang out, so I'll deal with it later, and I, I never went back to it. But <laughs> It doesn't uh, matter. What, yeah. Was that a requirement? Like, if you don't solve the puzzle, you cannot attend the next event or stuff like that? <laughs> no. Yeah, so the way it worked was they released a puzzle, like, at 9.30, like, 12.30 or 1, and then at, like, 5.30 at night. Mm -hmm. um, and so what would happen is whoever got it done first got a hundred points for that puzzle mm. and the next person got 99 the next person got 98. Oh. So the sooner you solved it, the more points you got. Um, and then at the end of the day, it was just kind of whoever has the, the most is on the leaderboard and, um, yeah, so it was pretty cool. I got, uh, some really cool swag from Titan, which is a, uh, a consulting company up in Chicago. Mm. Um, Really nice people. I I actually didn't even know that I won until after I left the event on Thursday night, <laughs> and um, so I was tweeting them and I was like, "Well, can I come by the office or something?" And they're like, "Oh no, we'll we'll just mail it to your house." I was like, "All right, cool." Okay. <laughs> yeah, they're nice. Oh yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Nice. Um, yeah. So I want to talk about a few things uh, mm -hmm. from the event. Um, one was uh, this company. I think they are pronounced Basie. Um, they're in Belgium. <sighs> They are also a Laravel consulting company, but they do a ton of open source projects. Oh, yeah. Um, have you used the media lab library by them? Uh, not the media library. I think I used like three or four packages for, from them. Like the mm -hmm. uh, before Laravel had the passport integration, I used the OAuth authentication oh, okay. from, from them. I, I think it's not maintained anymore. And then I use another couple of uh, packages like the, the um, social media login where you can log with facebook google and other stuff uh and that's it i guess but yeah no i know that but never use the media library what, what does it do so it it does a lot uh of first course. of all <laughs> it, yeah. first of all it takes away a lot of the pain of dealing with files um mm -hmm. if you have a form you're gonna upload a file um you just kind of set it up and be like hey i've got this image i want you to save it to this model and then later, if I want to, if I have the model and I say I want to get the image, it'll just give you the the file. Um, it'll give it to you in several different ways. You can get just the URL. Um, it can it actually has a blade directive so that it um, creates an image itself, like an actual image tag with the image in it. Hmm. Um, you can actually just say I want to download it. Um, but some of the most impressive stuff is with its compression and with its responsive image loading. Um, I don't know if you've ever used like the source set attribute on images where you give it like 10 different versions of the yeah. image. Yeah. Um, so it does that automatically. So you oh, can yeah. tell it, hey, I've got this image. I want you to save it responsively. And when you save it, it does take a little time because it makes, mm -hmm. you know, like 20 different versions of it. But then when you load it on your site, it automatically loads the little tiny image blown up so it's all blurry kind of like you see on like a medium post yes and then it goes and gets all right what's the best resolution for this device it goes and gets it and loads it and fades it in real nicely and um it's just it's so easy to use and it's amazing so I, i'm going to use it from now on for any kind of images on any Laravel project that i'm doing yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, it's it, it's definitely great. It's uh, it's something that uh, all the announcements that were done at Laracon, it's kind of like slightly excited me and slightly pissed me off because all the <laughs> things that they announced, all these new packages and new uh, add-ons, I basically built them for the past three months <laughs> or four months because, oh, we need a sort of like... Uh, responsive media uploading library that when you mm -hmm. upload something generates different resolution then it stores and then attaches to the model and then returns based on the resolution of the browser <laughs> and then spatial spati whatever releases this library like oh damn it yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, i mean i felt the same way with nova 
uh, which is the next one oh, we're talk about. Yeah, man. It's, because uh... Uh, like we've built so many like framework pieces to help build us, you know, forms faster and yeah. help with all the crud stuff and deal with like, all right, you're an admin user, you can you can delete this. You're not an admin, you can't delete it, you can only see it. And yes. Um I didn't do anywhere near as good of a job as what Taylor did with Nova. Mm-hmm. But it's kinda like if this was out a year ago, we could have spent hundred bucks, yes. put it in there, and it would have saved me countless hours yeah. in development. Same, same thing. Like also the other developer in my company, like as soon as Taylor unveiled Nova, he wrote me like, Oh yes, we could have saved six months of development in doing our admin dashboard. That surprisingly, privately mm-hmm. I'm gonna share a screenshot of our admin dashboard. It looks really, really similar to Nova. It's like <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> like, why it's so similar? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, sadly, it's not free. But at the same time, like, if you're just doing like a side project, yeah, like spending 100 bucks on a third party thing like this is like, oh, I don't want to spend $100. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to make a single dollar off this project. You know? True. Yes. Um, but if you think about it, like, like, if you're doing contract work, like right now, I, I was thinking about integrating Nova for, for a client. You know, a hundred bucks for me, that's, you know, to save me so many hours developing, mm-hmm. like it's, it's easily worth it. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. You can bill it to the client and mm-hmm. yeah, like just do a quick calculation of all the hours that you're going to spend in developing, mm-hmm. even like the simplest admin dashboard, you can, you have to do a all sort of controllers and all sort of views separated from the front end and you have to be mm-hmm. sure maybe if the back end it's also uh, has a different style sheet or like visually is different from the front end you need to split the assets and the source files in order to not have like a massive SCSS just to have both front end and back end all together so yeah it saves it's 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 heaven so it's going to be really really helpful for those type of projects Oh yeah, um, I, I can't wait till it's released. Um, I I really want to get my hands on a copy uh, just to like review it and do like some YouTube videos <laughs> on it. But I'm like a uh, hundred yeah. bucks for a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna fucking tear it apart and look at it. Yeah. So it's I, I looked at the presentation, but I was looking at like with an eye. I was looking at the presentation. The other eye, I was keep working because it was in the middle of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I'm not sure if I I got it wrong, but is that it's like automatically generates the sections based Mm -hmm. on your models that you have? Yeah, I think you have to give the model a trait. Um, But Mm -hmm. yeah, you can or or no, I think what it was was there was like a separate almost like a separate model that corresponds to the model you want a section for. Mm -hmm. And that's where you put in all the... um, all the configuration for what you want to see in the Nova panel. Mm. So all the like you you're not gonna like Nova not is not gonna automatically get all the fields that you have in the model and generate the table for you. Just you you have the power, the ability to specify like what you want in tables, what's the structure of your views and all this kind of stuff, right? Right. Yeah, I think um if I remember correctly, like if you just basically tell it like I want you to build a panel for this model. Mm-hmm. It'll automatically give you all the CRUD forms, the grids and all that. Mm. But then you can go a step further and say like, all right, I want certain filters. Like I want to be able to see uh, the models that have been soft deleted or mm. I want to make a filter so that I can see, you know, where this value is greater than a certain number and, and sort it that way. And um, so it, it gives you a lot of flexibility to build your own thing. Yeah. But it also gives you like all the CRUD stuff just, immediately yeah it's super helpful so is like it's fully built in vjs right yeah it's a it's a it's a spa oh my god i'm so but it's all configured in php which is wonderful (laughs) because i love the way taylor does all the the php configuration i'm so upset (laughs) i know (laughs) i'm extremely upset excited but upset um so uh did you like did you have like how much Taylor revealed of it like did he show how he's handling the routes of uh, all the pages how he's handling like a hard reload if it happens a hard reload all this kind of stuff um he didn't but I think the docs are gonna be um available like publicly kind of like uh like on Laravel Spark like you can go and read the docs without even buying the package true Um, 
So no, he didn't really go into that. It was more of just like, I'm going to show you all this awesome stuff. And everybody oh, gets cheers every two seconds. <laughs> Jesus. He's a rock star. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. so I have a question for you. Uh, that is like a, sort of like a broad question, but it's something that I've been thinking of recently. I also, I think like Laravel started this trend of having something like a pre-built piece of software that helps you a lot as a developer in building your own application and gets out of the way all those tedious parts of setting up your CRUD or setting up your database connections, your migrations and all this kind of stuff. Like it gives you a platform where you can actually start building and not wasting time, quote unquote, wasting time in setting things up. Uh, the more we go on and the more I see Laravel and all these also third-party packages like the Spacey one and others that we uh, like I, I currently use, they are basically taking care of doing everything. So sometimes I find myself spending a day only wiring up mm-hmm. portions of an application or uh, portions of Laravel and hooking it up to that package and then... Uh, configuring the packages to make it work properly with my data and that's it i don't actually create anything new i just follow the documentation and just hook things up like they were supposed to be and i have what i need is it bad (laughs) is it something that is gonna bite me in the ass in a couple of years um i don't know i think you know we've seen the way technology has accelerated over you know, the many decades. And uh, if you think about uh, if you had to code back in the day when you were just doing like assembly, like, Mm. I mean, you had to write all the code for all the displays and everything and Mm -hmm. really low level stuff. And we don't have to handle that anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, when was the last time you actually did some garbage collection code and dealt with that kind of stuff? Um, So I think it's just, we're, we're moving forward in a way to that's making it easier to build applications. Mm -hmm. Um, like where I work at, what we're trying to do now that we're hiring like a junior to mid-level developer is we're trying to kind of build those packages, build it so that yes. we can hand off the like the configuration and just the wiring up to like a junior or mid-level developer and we can focus on building the the more complex things or building the the you know our own personal brand of a framework that allows them to build things faster mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't think it'll bite you in the ass huh? okay <laughs> it's just kind of the way things just, are moving yeah no it's just the constant fear of being replaced or like am i outdated right. <laughs> like all these things because like for example i opened the media library package the source code on github and i tried to understand what they did and i was like i have no idea that you could have like you could do something like that i have no idea how they did it and i'm I'm honestly impressed and i'm literally like impressed on how nova is gonna automate all those things that for me it's kind of like is this really possible is this something that if i had to do by myself like i probably i couldn't have done it and Meanwhile, I remember before, like even at the beginning, like the first releases of Laravel, like the most, like even with Laravel 5, all the things that were getting pushed and getting released, I was 100% understanding everything. Like, oh, I know how this works. And I did the same for my AWPS started theme for WordPress. I recreated sort of like the artisan, like a really streamlined artisan sort of like command line tool. But because all those things are really clear and really easy to reproduce. And now mm-hmm. I see that all these new packages, new implementation are going towards a level of abs- abstraction that it's kind of like frightening. And it's like, ah, yes, I'm going to use them, but I really want to spend time in understand how they work. Because if one day they're not available anymore, I don't want to be stuck. I want to be able to create them by myself or like maintain them by myself. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, is, am I yeah. just like putting my team foil hat and <laughs> being like an old yeah. crazy person? Yeah. For things like, uh, like image manipulation, like I don't know how any of that stuff works. And even in the docs for the media library, it, for, for like a Linux environment, I think they also have a, um, some scripts for like the Mac version. Um, it has you install like a bunch of stuff that all has to do with like compression and image manipulation because, 
I mean, and I don't know how that stuff works. And <laughs> yeah. they're just kind of using those libraries on top of this library. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it's, you know, I don't know how much, I haven't looked at their source code, so I don't know how much they actually did or and handed off to existing mm-hmm. services. So I'm, I'm going to deal with my fear and <laughs> study <laughs> these things and try to understand as much as possible. But yeah, but yeah, no, it's exciting. Overall, it's, it's absolutely exciting stuff. Last thing I had for Laracon was uh, there was a talk near the end of the the second day uh, by a guy named Caleb Porzio. Mm-hmm. Uh, his talk was uh, for embracing the backend, and um, he basically took a demo of like a um, like a like a Twitter clone, basically on on seeing tweets and posting tweets, and uh, you know it was built very responsively with like uh, Vue, I believe he was using. It was either Vue or React, but it was basically a front-end framework that was mm-hmm. doing a lot of AJAX requests and all that stuff, uh, basically a SPA. Mm-hmm. And he was showing moving it from a SPA back to kind of like your typical MVC framework. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was saying that, you know, you you get a lot of things like it's easier to write tests for. Um, it's, uh, it. I don't know, in my opinion, it was a worse user experience because it was things like, Okay, you type your tweet and hit post. Uh, let's just instead of you know actually posting to the server, adding that tweet onto the list of tweets. Let's just refresh the page. Yeah, and it's kind of like well, it's kind of going backwards. Like everybody expects a real snappy user experience right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, even like you load Facebook and you see all the posts and they haven't loaded yet. Mm-hmm. But you see a bunch of posts with I forget what they're called like a a ghost image or something. Yeah, where it's like, like a bunch a place of lines, holder, right? Yeah, yeah, and and it's it's an immediate you you immediately know something's loading here, something's mm-hmm. working. But if you're just waiting for the page to load and loads all at once, like I don't know, it seems very you know five or ten years ago. Um, so I think he had some good points. I think the uh, the example seemed a little severe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I kind of I, I kind of do a mix when I do my side projects. I do mostly MVC, but then the parts that need to be, um, you know, more like AJAX centric, I, I just have kind of standalone view components sprinkled around on yeah. my site. Yeah. So you know, you click a button to add the same to the cart. Okay, that just sends off an AJAX request. I don't need to refresh the page or anything. Um, you know, but I still have separate pages that are doing you know full postback kind of type things. Yes. Um, and I think it's kind of a good middle ground because you still get a good user experience on the things that you expect to work asynchronously, but you still get the like the the speed of building things just with like Laravel MVC. It's so easy to just be like, make me a controller and here's a view and I'm just going to show it and you're done. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you don't have to be like, okay, I got to set up the view routing and then handling all the AJAX requests for getting <laughs> yes. all the data and everything. So the pain, um, yeah. Yeah, so uh, I talked to a few people after the conference, and they kind of felt the same way. Like mm-hmm. it's, you know, he had some good points, um, but it just kind of seemed a little extreme to just be like, mm. we're gonna just do everything post back. So we're gonna refresh the page whenever we want, you know. And so, what does he mean with easier to test? Was he talking about PHP unit, or was he talking about Dusk and like front end test? Yeah, he was more talking about like JavaScript testing. Um, mm. I've always struggled with JavaScript testing. I feel like, especially like with AngularJS, it was a mess. It was, it it just took so long to figure out how to test something like a controller or a service. And and it is very easy to just write a PHP unit test to be like, hey, if I I get this request, I should see this thing on the page. Um, You know, it's it's very easy to write. It's very quick. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think he had some points around there. Yeah, I, I, kind of like strongly disagree <laughs> as well <laughs> i didn't i didn't hear the, the 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 talk but i can like from personal experience i can tell that in my opinion it's easier to test api endpoints with php and then delegate the entire front end to jets or mocha that mm-hmm. recent updates of these two testing frameworks they're great. Like it's really easy to set them up. You don't have to uh, write manually write tests anymore to test your JavaScript controllers or your methods. That that was a shit show, really. But like today, it, it's really almost automated. And also with Laravel Dusk, automatically integrated, you can test the front end. 
Yeah, Wirelock itself. Super nice. Uh, they just released version four, which implements a lot of new cool extra things, and it it's just as easy as writing unit test in PHP. Literally, like click this, expect this thing to do this thing, and, and right. that's it. I, I yeah, and you yeah, can still know. do things like uh like logging in as a user using the standard Laravel stuff. Like yeah, true. Right, here's my user factory. Create a new user. Yes. Where, you know, it's an admin user. And I want to use this user and go to this web page. And you don't have to do the, okay, I want to test this thing, but we have to log in again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I don't, yeah, I don't see. It's it's definitely easier to build because you, you're you dealing with just one code base. And sure. yeah, you reload the page so you don't have to take care of, okay, what happens if the user goes back with a browser back button or reloads the page while an Ajax request for posting the tweet is in process. That there are like so many issues that could open the fact that you're using uh, SPA, but come on, really, don't go backward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying, we're moving forward to this, just like the, the, the smooth web experience. Probably like an argument. I don't know if he if he added this argument into his talk uh, related about uh, the RAM and CPU consumptions of web browsers. Mm -hmm. Did he did he put this like this uh, no. point? No, we didn't talk about that. But no, that is a very good point. Uh, moving to a spa, you push a lot of the processing off to the clients. To exactly, handle, um, which is great if you know your website is getting a million views, users a day, you know, mm -hmm. you don't want to have all that processing on one server. Yeah. It's going to get very expensive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Interesting. Well, we'll see. <laughs> now we web assembly also again. Yes. <laughs> Everything is going to get mismatched and whatever. It's not, it doesn't exist anymore back end, front end and spa pwa everything it's one thing mm -hmm. and everything can be used everywhere whatever yeah and the, the last thing i wanted to talk about that i mean this kind of comes from laricon but i've noticed it just a lot over the last couple of years um while i was at laricon it was like if you looked out into the audience it was a glowing sea of apple computers <laughs> and i wanted to talk to you because i've actually never worked on a mac mm -hmm. um, and i know you've had macs in the past and you've recently kind of switched to linux mm -hmm. Um, so other than like, like I understand that for like design, like Max over Linux, especially, you know, this, the software choices are going to completely trump it, but like, why are so many developers using Max? Um, you know, I feel like Linux is a great development environment and it doesn't cost, you know, an arm and an organ to, to <laughs> buy a new Linux computer. True, true. That's true. So um, there are a lot of answers to this question. <laughs> the first one is like developers mostly are stupid, <laughs> and I like I'm stupid as well. Whenever a new MacBook comes out, I'm like, oh my god, it's so beautiful. Even if I know that it's yeah, like yeah. a stupid machine that it's overpriced and it's is running like two years old hardware, and that it's just like it doesn't make sense. But we're all like that. Um, the fact is that that you saw uh, all these glowing apples gives you the understanding that all those computers are at least two years old, almost three, because apples are is not releasing any more laptops with glowing Apple logo. Oh, really? Yes. The new version since 2016, I guess. I'm, I'm not sure, but yeah, definitely from 2017, no more glowing logo because they're making it super thin and super light so they're removing as much as possible there's no backlight anymore anywhere so the, the logo is just like a reflective glass i guess okay um, so everyone is still running an older version of a macbook which are great macbook 2015 which is what i asked my boss um and my company to buy for me uh -huh. when i started like give me a refurbished maxed out MacBook Pro from late 2015, because that was the last moment where MacBooks had, I don't know, 10 different ports, like four USB, right. the SD card reader, headphone jack, and all this kind of good stuff. And those machines are amazing. They're super fast, super quiet. Uh, and Mac OS is, even if it's a proprietary operating system, is based on Unix. Mm -hmm. It's um, what is that? A modified version of FreeDOS or something? 
I'm not 100% sure. Right, which is definitely a, a pro for development, especially compared to like a Windows machine. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's so like, and it's also thanks to Laravel, you have Laravel Valet that you install it with a script and mm-hmm. automatically sets for you NGNX, PHP, the latest version, and then you have Composer. And macOS is the only operating system where you can run Brew. And Brew allows you to install everything, all the dependencies, all the packages. Uh, Composer works right off the bat. It's like, it's a really solid operating system for development because it's really easy to set it up. I'd say it's identical to Linux if you just use the terminal, literally identical. (laughs) Right. But up until a year ago or two years ago, laptops were horrible. Like looking like, like physically, like visually, they were really weird. (laughs) They were bad. Oh yeah. And my, my system 76 is about five years old and it's, I mean, it's a brick. It's (laughs) massive. It's heavy. (laughs) Exactly. And if you're a developer that goes to conferences and travels a lot, you need a thin and solid, sturdy laptop. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm not, I'm not, I don't feel shame in, in telling this, but Apple in 2015 was like, I think the peak of laptop development from Apple. And also had a full HDMI port directly in there and two Thunderbolt ports. Like it was, it was the best. And the trackpad, oh my God. Have you ever used an Apple trackpad? I haven't, no. It's so, oh my, it looks like it's, there's no latency. There's no issues. It's so smooth and it never had a single problem. While if you buy a laptop, you it's a shot in the dark. Sometimes you have a crappy yeah. trackpad that clicky and one button breaks. instead. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no. So I, I I understand that point of view because I'm I'm at the same. I, I have exactly the same laptop. Like I have the the last series of laptops with the glowing Apple logo, and those are the best. Like it's it's still it's two years old. It's still running like it was new. And That's good to know. Yeah, no. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of people complaining about the new ones. Like, oh, if you get this version of the MacBook, you're forced to get the stupid touch bar that nobody wants. And yes, um, you know, I've I've just seen a lot of people complaining about all kinds of things. And I was like, well, all these developers are buying them, and they're expensive. I don't, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, it's um, actually, I don't know the the markets. Like, I haven't seen the statistics, but I think uh, like. Apple is transitioning from developers. Like the, the developer community is pissed because all these new versions of the MacBooks and MacBook Pros are mostly targeted for mainstream users mm-hmm. because you have just like two ports that are just like USB-C ports and all the specs are lowered. Like there's um, CPU throttling. Like if you if you push it too hard, the CPU the software automatically avoids the CPU to use the full potential just to avoid to get too hot. So it's thermal throttling, it's called. And uh, it doesn't allow you anymore to open it. It's just like a solid brick. You can open it anymore. You cannot replace the RAM. Like my, my laptop, my MacBook Pro 2015, I can open it and swap the RAM, swap the hard drive. Oh really? Uh, it is not possible anymore. I mean, it's fucking soldered. It's just one piece of aluminum, and that's it. Uh, so it's uh, yeah. The the new versions are not. Uh, that's what I feel. The new versions are not for developers. That's why in the last two years, I'm in. I've been in this crusade of switching to Linux permanently. Yeah, and I I love Linux. I I love my System seventy six. Um, my my main complaint about this one, it it, it is older is it's huge, it's heavy, and the battery life is terrible. Even after buying a bigger battery, it just it sucks. Yes. Like two hours max. Yeah. And so this year, I'm, I'm looking at getting a new laptop. I, I wanted to get a nice laptop earlier this year, but my original laptop I had broke when we were moving, and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't have the money for a laptop. I'm going to spend 300 bucks on eBay and get the System76. Yeah. Um, so I've been looking at laptops, and... You know, I, I like System76 because they're very configurable. Mm-hmm. Um, but even like the new Galago Pros, I've been reading that, you know, their battery life is just not great. Yeah, it's um, three hours and something. Yeah, and it's like if, I want, if I'm going to spend, you know, 1200 bucks on a laptop, mm-hmm. I want it to last all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm looking at also like an XPS 13 from Dell, their oh, developer yes. edition. 
Um, but if I want the, like the high DPI screen on that one, it's like, you know, $1,500. So yeah. like, if I'm in that price range, then, you know, is it worth it just to get a Mac? Is it better to go with Linux? You know, it's like, what do I do? It's, it's so hard. And oh yeah, no, it's I know. I wish I could just, I wish I could just get like three laptops, take them to my house and have them for like a month and then just send whatever two back. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so system 76 has a 30 day returns policy, I guess, and full refund. Okay. So you could do it. Uh, I think Apple as well. I think Apple has like 14 days, mm -hmm. uh, but you can definitely do it. I, I was personally, I was also because like when my laptop broke, I was so pissed. I started looking around like, nah, I'm going to get a UI. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I stopped that shenanigans. But I was looking also at the Lenovo, the new Lenovo, uh, the ThinkPad, uh, x1 carbon yeah mm -hmm. it's so good it's so slick and it's so sturdy i went to a microsoft store that we have here in vancouver and i checked it it's just like it's amazing it's so thin and light it looks mm -hmm. like a sort of like an xps but it's it's just fantastic also the t series like the t480s still like lenovo thinkpad t480s it's it's pretty great so there are like luckily all these manufacturers, also HP, like the new versions are moving mm -hmm. towards a like more pleasing aesthetic and they're kind yeah. of like following the Apple trend. But the problem is that as you experience, they're following also the trend of the price. Like they're yeah, so fucking expensive. Part of it's just being thin, being able to get a battery that lasts for a long time that is able to fit in a case like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and it's just, it's just so hard to pick a laptop. <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, unfortunately, in the Apple Store, the refurbished section, now there are not available anymore, those 2015 versions. Oh, really? The, the, the oldest one that you can get has the stupid touch bar instead of the function keys, which is, right. it's, it's dumb. It's yeah. so dumb. <laughs> it is. But yeah, so that's probably, these are one of like a bunch of reasons why every developer is using a mac <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll see in the next couple of years because we're gonna we're gonna have to change this they're they're gonna last yeah. so and like you're talking about valet valet for linux mm -hmm. i i can't go back after installing it it's it it works amazingly oh yeah it's like oh create a new Laravel project link it to, to valet and now i've got my test environment set up yeah done exactly yeah it's um it's it's beautiful. <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing else to say. It's beautiful. No, Linux is, it's amazing and for for development. That probably another thing why developers mostly pick macOS is that because like actually it's more stable than Linux. Yeah. Like yeah. honestly, sometimes you get those days even from like elementary OS or even from Pop OS that the other day I got a kernel panic because the latest version of the Linux kernel that was released is has a bug with the uh, motherboards that they have integrated Wi-Fi connectors. And my motherboard has an integrated Wi-Fi connector on my HTPC, I got a kernel panic. So I had to wow. access in development mode with from a live CD and roll back the Linux kernel and reinstall the updates and exclude the new version of the Linux kernel. All the things that if yeah. you're a developer and you have to work, you yeah. don't want to spend two days in debugging your fucking Linux kernel. Yeah. <laughs> you true, just yeah. want to work. So yeah, I have Mac OS, sometimes you have glitches, sometimes it doesn't load, especially uh -huh. these new, these latest operating systems are not as polished as they used to be. Uh -huh. But I never had a day where I wasted an entire day in fixing a bug or fixing an issue of the operating system. It's always, oh, it doesn't work. Uh, reboot, okay, now it works. Uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Turn it off and on again. So, that's a lot of really great information. Um, I'll probably have a lot more uh, conversations with you about some of this hardware as I try to decide what to do. I'm I'm planning on buying something maybe around Black Friday when everything's cheaper. <laughs> oh yeah, I was thinking the same. You know what we could do? We could buy like if we're if we were like uh, not sure about the laptop, I could buy one and you can buy the other one and then use it for a couple of weeks and then ship it to each other. Yeah, and test it again, and we can pick like what what is the best. We can we can try. Right, 
let's do it <laughs> shipping is gonna be so expensive it's not oh. worth it <laughs> okay i guess we're at the end of the episode uh mm -hmm. where can uh, people find you chris you can find me at chris j perko on twitter you can find me here on youtube find me anywhere i guess <laughs> <laughs> do you have in schedules any new videos especially for game development which were really f yes great. um i think i have like five or six more episodes planned for that and i'm gonna try to hit it hard this week because uh, between traveling and then getting sick at Laracon, I've not been able to record. I mean, we were supposed to do this episode last week, yeah. and I just could not do it with my, my right. throat. So, uh, yeah, so I really want to finish like that basic series and get it over with. And then, um, I don't know, I don't think I'm going to do another series uh, real soon. I think I want to do just like more like one-off videos, kind of like I did the Laravel Slack notifications video. Yes. And uh, yeah, because I, I feel like a series, I, I kind of hold myself. I'm like, I haven't released any videos on that series this week. I have to do it. And um, yeah, it's daunting. I just wanna, yeah, I just want to like come up with fun ideas and just have fun with it and um, not have to worry about keeping to a schedule. Because I know nobody keeps it, keeps me to a schedule except myself. But mm -hmm. I get that feeling like I haven't done it. I need to do it, you know. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I can <laughs> relate to that. Oh, my God. But yeah, so you can find me at Alicad everywhere in all the places that you want. And of course, you can uh, follow these podcasts on YouTube or Apple uh, Podcasts or whatever it's called. It's not iTunes anymore. It's Apple Podcasts because branding or all your other favorite apps because it's running on a RSS feed. So it should be picked up pretty much everywhere. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you guys for listening to the episode. If you want, just uh, send us questions on Twitter at Nerd Continuity or leave a comment underneath this video. And we talk to you in the next one as usual. Until the next one, happy coding. Keep on hacking. Nice. There we go. There you go. <laughs>